for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. My anniversary, my anniversary was yesterday, and nice. I've been here, so. Right. And yeah, it was. It's just one of those things you just know, and then you go, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was w- looking through, uh, I think it was uh, an Instagram post talking about your six-year anniversary, and I was like, "That's yeah. really cool." That's because you know a lot of people don't hang around. Like they'll come, they'll give it two years, and then it's like they'll realize, okay, Nashville isn't really where I want to be or Nashville isn't for me. And yeah. so just like once you kind of, I think Nashville is kind of like once you get past that two-year mark, you're either going to know you belong there or it's time or to go know. somewhere else. And it's a 10-year town for yeah. music. So if you're not doing stuff by like, you know, it's yeah. just one of those things. But yeah. I honestly, I've been here for six. I've only been doing music like this for three. Yeah. I've been writing for a long time, but like I didn't really jump in until like year two, year three, yeah. and then COVID happened, and COVID really pushed a lot of things along. So post COVID, I like took off. Yeah. Well, we've just kind of jumped right into the podcast, so I'm going to just keep this rolling. Um, welcome everybody to the live cast. I'm your host Tom Quiet. We've got uh, a very special guest. We got Sam Ferrara joining us straight from Nashville, originally from Long Island. I've uh, you're actually the second person from New York, maybe even second person from Long Island. I'm trying to remember where the guest was specifically from yesterday because she said near Long Island. So I don't know what that means. Well, that could either mean one of two things. She's from the city or she's from like Westchester area or upstate. So and upstate is not near New York. Westchester, I could say yes, but I am like born, raised and Long Island bred. Nice. That was the first thing that I picked up about you was you had that New York, Long Island confidence. (laughs) Like, because, you know, I talked to a lot of people from New York and like a lot of the bigger cities. And there's this certain bread of confidence that growing up in a big city like New York or Chicago or L.A. or Miami. Well, maybe not so much L.A., but, you know, there's a certain level of confidence that growing up in a big city kind of gives you and that was the first thing I picked up about you was like oh she's super confident about everything she does you know what you just it it depends on who you work with and Mm -hmm. the people and how you're raised and like I have two incredible parents who raised me to be like Mm -hmm. do whatever you want and just believe that you can do it and I'm like let's go so I I I, I could say that like when I was younger, I was like, oh, I don't know, a little shy. But like, honestly, once you're like, I can do something, I'm like, oh, I got this. Like, I can just step into my own and just go for it. Yeah, for sure. So growing up in Long Island, um, what was that like for you growing up in Long Island? Long Island is its own breed. Like if if you're not from there, some people are just like, oh, I don't get it. And it's it's its own thing we you got i mean i had friends that i have a lot of friends that still live there um you know school was close by um i had really great teachers who raised me and did really well like i was very close with my family i'm still very close to my family so i go mm-hmm. back every um every couple months to just visit my family and see my friends um but really like I started music when I was younger and like elementary school, I was taking like private lessons. Um, and then my choir teacher was like, Oh, you have a really good voice. Let's just give you a solo here. And yeah. honestly, everything took off from there. And I ended up learning to play um, the clarinet, which let's be honest, when you actually picked in the fourth grade, you got like three options. Yep. What did your girl pick? Your girl really wanted to pick the drums. <laughs> right. And I ended up getting blocked out. They're like, yeah, no, we got too many of those people. And yeah. being a band teacher, I know exactly what that's like, where you get all the kids like, I just want to play the drums. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, no. Uh, yeah. Not everyone's going to play the drums. You got to have the rhythmic, yeah. like, the rhythmic sense yeah. in you and like 
the technical stuff. Mm. So it, it pains me sometimes to be like, ah, you can't do it, but right. I think you're a better fit for here. And that's what I was told. And I ended up falling in love with the clarinet anyway. And um, played that for a while. Then I like, when I was in middle school and high school, I picked up other instruments. So mm. I was picking up the saxophone. I was picking up the bass clarinet. I was picking up all these different instruments that I ended up falling in love with or teaching mm. myself. So I'm, I'm predominantly a woodwind player for the most mm. part. Like I'm not your typical country artist who's playing guitar or piano normally. Like I do play piano. I'm not super great at it. I can do like chords and stuff and hold my own, which is fine. But guitar, that's actually one of my biggest regrets growing up is I wish I actually played guitar better. I took guitar lessons before I moved to Nashville and I have friends who give me some lessons here and there here. And, you know, once I pick it up, I'm like, okay, this isn't as bad, but I just, I have a guitar that's too big so I can't get around it at, like someone normally would um but I wish I had picked it up sooner because I I think it would have been so much better if if I right. did but it's all right um I went to school I went to college for music education originally wanted to perform um and ended up let me do the safer route let me have something where I can have a secure job in case anything ever happens right. kind of lost my way because i was like okay wanted to continue in education and i went through a lot of hurdles to get my degree get my license um and then at the end i was like oh i should be performing like what am i doing here i actually one of my biggest influences is hunter hayes i love his music i love his songwriting he's a multi-instrumentalist and when i saw him i was just like man this is this is me it's just in male form and my mom turns to me and she goes, you knew this is what you're supposed to be doing the whole time. So like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, you're right. And after that, I ended up taking a trip to Nashville uh, for a conference, finished my degree out. And I was like, I need to be in Nashville. This is right. insane. Like I fell in love with it here. And um, I worked about five years just kind of between writing, coming back and forth to Nashville, making new friends. Um, getting my master's degree, doing all that before I actually ended up moving here in 2017. And then while I was here, I, um, I was teaching, I was, um, I was writing, performing the pandemic mm-hmm. and, uh, and we're here right now. So <laughs> and you, you're, you brought up that you're a band teacher now as kind of like your day job. I was, I actually okay. just left my position. It was yeah. on good terms, of course, yeah. um, but I left to actually pursue music full-time. Gotcha, gotcha. I I wanted to jump back to that really quick because I thought it was very funny, the universal nature in which every fourth grade class got introduced to like band and all that stuff, whereas like you could play the clarinet, you could play the cornet, you could play the flute. And then you had like yeah. a sax section and then the drums, but everybody <laughs> wanted to play the drums. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Cause it was, I, when I was in fourth grade, that's what I wanted to do was play drums. And everybody's like, nope, <laughs> we've got too many drum players. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll play the sax. And, oh. I just, and then oh. I just couldn't get, I couldn't get the, uh, for whatever reason, just trying to play a woodwind instrument didn't sync with me. I couldn't, couldn't get it to, I just, couldn't understand it and then they're like well we'll put you in and they gave me the cornet because that was a brass instrument and i was like okay this is cool and then just i didn't want to practice so i was like all right so i fell out of it real Uh, quick so yeah that that tends to happen i have i had kids that were like oh yeah like i'm really good at what i do but i don't want to practice and i'm like guys i said if you don't (laughs) practice you're not gonna get better at it like i told them like what i've been playing for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing is like, I, I practice and I was, my mother will tell you this. She always had to be like, you need to practice. And like, everybody said that, but I was like, yeah, like I'll practice when I need, but I I knew right away, mm-hmm. like, okay, I actually have to work on this and practice and practice makes you better. Like, mm-hmm. I think there was something that, that it was said when I was in college, it's like, if you practice, uh, it's like 10,000 hours or something. You're a master at your craft mm-hmm. and it's, and it's so accurate. Like the more you practice, the better you're getting at it. So I always was like very, I pushed it so much, even though I was like the poster child of, I don't like to practice. Right. But like, yeah. Cause you're sitting there hours and hours. And then like, 
there'd be times I would get frustrated. I'd have to get up and leave or I'd have to and be like, okay, let me come back. But usually when that happened, I'd get whatever I needed right away. And then I was like, okay, that's it. But, um, but I spent like hours a week practicing so I could be better at what I do. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not like I wasn't against practicing. It's just for whatever reason, the music of playing the cornet just wasn't something I wanted to practice. Like I was more athletic. I liked being outside and all that stuff. And just the idea of being cooped up in a room to play. Yeah, you know what? It's not for it's not for everybody, yeah. which is okay, you know. And I say that I have I've had kids before that have come into um that have come in and are just like, "Oh, I don't think this is my thing." And right. they either really love it or they don't. And yeah. and I don't get upset at those kids and they're like, "I don't want to make you upset, Miss Ferrara." And I'm like, "You're never going to make me upset." I said, "Music is not for everybody. You yeah. love it or you don't." And that's okay. I still like you as a as a student, I still like you as a person. I want you to excel in what you're the best in. I'm yeah. not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. That is not fair to anybody. And there were some times where, unfortunately, I had to. And and it was a real bummer. Like, the parent was like, oh, I want them in here. Or, like, I'd have higher-ups tell me, oh, you need this many people. And I'm like, it's not about and, – and that's the thing. Like, I wish mm-hmm. – would understand it's not about the quantity of people you have quantity is great okay Mm -hmm. you had like 40 people that's amazing but it's not about the quantity it's about the quality of what Mm -hmm. you're getting and i could i could never get that point across to people and you know when we're we're in schools it's all about numbers it's all about this it's all about that it's all about these things that they want to put in statistics they want everything in a row and it's like this is not what it's about and i wish it was about the quality and that's what i made the perspective that i had very small classes yeah or like i had small enough classes like i don't think i had a class bigger than like 32 33 kids and i was very lucky but i had students that wanted to be there that were quality that were like we're gonna put this all together and we're gonna make this great and that's what it's all about and that is what I pride it on. So like you could have as many as you want, but are you going to be the best band or are you going to be a band that falls flat? Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so you start, did you start teaching once you moved to Nashville or were you teaching still out in uh, New York? So I, um, while I was getting my master's degree, I was a substitute teacher for about four years. Mm -hmm. Um, and probably about, Eight months before I left, I got a leave replacement and then got offered a position two weeks before I moved to Nashville <laughs> to do full time. And they're like, oh, we want you to come full time. Like, you were awesome. And I was like, I said, too bad. I've already, like, signed my lease to move to Nashville. And they're like, yeah. wait, what? And, like, I didn't even tell anybody. I was like, yeah. And it and it's a bummer because I, I built – I, I, it's not now I don't regret mm-hmm. it because here I am in Nashville yeah. living the life I really really wanted to live yeah. but I you know I did so many things in New York I you know I taught private lessons I had subbed I had um I was a part in New York there's a like we have brought like Broadway and like mm-hmm. community theater on Long Island where you do community theater and I was a part of that particular family and I did the pit orchestra for a bunch of theater companies on Long Island. So I had built a lot of a lot of street cred there and was doing a bunch of shows all over Long Island. And I, I worked five part-time jobs mm. on the top of subbing and going to grad school. Um, and for me, I was like, I built this life. And I was like, great, like I, I have this life. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Everything is great. Mm. But I knew the minute I was like, okay, I'm moving to Nashville, like everything like turned to switch and it's like, wait, now I'm going to start all over again yeah. somewhere else where I didn't really know and I didn't really know people and I had a few friends that were here so luckily enough it was good and then eventually you know I I made the friends that I have now but Mm -hmm. it just was one of those things it's like you knew when everything was like now finally it was like after all this time it was like oh it's right there and I'm like but it's not in the place that I really wanted to be yeah so I was I had to say no I had to turn things down and I was like 
oh, I said it hurts, but I think now what would my life have been if I did say yes and I ended up not going, like I would never be here. I would never be doing half the things that I was mm. doing. So I, I am thankful for those opportunities and I'm thankful for the people that gave them to me because it actually did help set up to where I was now, where I am now, where I was at that yeah. point before I had gotten my full-time job, which was not too long after I had moved here anyway. Like I had interviewed right away. Yeah. I was waiting for that transition. And then they emailed me and they were like, by the way, we need you here next week, like to start. And I was like, yeah. okay. Like it was yeah. very short summer to say the yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be a tough position to be in because you're in – long island you've done all this groundwork to kind of build a relationship and build a reputation in long island and knowing it's not really where you want to be but you put in all this legwork and then you kind of get the opportunity to come out to nashville you kind of see that opening and then you just take that chance i think a lot of people need to take learn from you because it's like no yes you're building all this groundwork in one place but if it's not where you want to be then when the door opens you need to walk right through absolutely you have to capitalize on it and if you don't capitalize on it that's that you're gonna miss that chance mm -hmm. absolutely so you've been in nashville now for about six years um or not about six years exactly oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's uh how's nashville been treating you obviously you you spent the first couple of years just kind of writing music and then you mentioned earlier that you've really only been doing music full-time for the last two or three years correct yeah so you know i've been thankful for all the time and all the friends and everything that's been happening in the last six years and originally when i moved here i was like okay first year let me get my feet wet mm -hmm. let me see what's around went out to watch different people, went out to network. My my roommate at the time, who I'm still friends with now, <laughs> was helping me network with different people. Um, and then, uh, you know, and I just focused on my job at at first. And then when I, um, when I came back from the summer, I, I usually would have spent my summers on Long Island. Now it's not as much. Mm -hmm. um, but year two, I came back. I met um, one of my really good friends and one of my co-writers and we just like clicked really well and he's like hey let's write and I was like okay let's do let's... it and we've written a ton of songs together and we have a really great friendship and he had just moved at that time too that was my second year there mm -hmm. and it really I'm like was one of the first few people that he had met and so we just kind of hit the ball running and before we knew it like covid was here then we had the shutdown and we were working on a ton of songs already we were like let's take the time to just kind of revamp we have mm -hmm. already started talking about let's record i'll produce okay fine great let's do it um we finished a bunch of the songs during the pandemic i did a lot of workshops um mm -hmm. I'm a part of uh nsai in nashville okay in their chapter and i had done their rise program so i got to work with other artists from like all over the country and yes. some in Nashville and and we I had written with people that I didn't know and was having songs listened to and it was just really good to just get to work with industry professionals and mm -hmm. listen to what advice they had and just kind of like go off the cuff on that and then I did the program again but it was like an advanced program with mm -hmm. Liz Rose so I got to work with Liz Rose and that was absolutely absolutely remarkable and i'm so grateful that i did get to do that um and and then i just got involved in other things and i think september 2020 i had like had to go home mm -hmm. um, for family things and then came back and said Let, let's just go let's just record we, mm -hmm. we need to go and you know just built up so much rep and just yeah music and recording and by the time after christmas happened everybody was like we were just like all right should should we go should yeah. we start gigging it's time and to go yeah we did um at first we had to keep it a little quiet because you know with covid it was still a little like weary and yeah. like, performing behind like plastic sheets and all, all that 
yeah. all this crazy stuff. Believe me, it was wild. Yeah, I'm sure it probably was even worse up in Long Island, where because like I know they had it way earlier than a lot of places, and all, like had you had to stay in Long Island during that entire pro. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, I was in Nashville most of the time, but <laughs> I was able to travel back and forth. Now the restrictions really, actually, I had like we were all locked down, <laughs> and the um what's it called i went back in july mm -hmm. and literally the day after i flew back in july they like threw all these restrictions up and i was like no way like yeah. it's nuts and i was there for about two weeks which was good now i wasn't really and i will say this i'm like probably the first person to say this i've other than doing like house shows on long island mm -hmm. which i've done like my own i've never actually really gigged on long island or mm -hmm. i've done like a show and i'm really trying to like kick down a door to try and make that happen because i have so many of my friends and family that are like i want to come see you play i think the only real shows i've done are have been in new york city i've played mm. um at the cutting room uh for um oh my gosh urban country jam yeah. which is run by lauren davidson mm -hmm. who's uh, from new york city and um those have been so much fun because i get i get people like friends that have come from like connecticut or the city and mm -hmm. just come down and like watch which is cool and i've done and i opened for a friend of mine at arlene's grocery uh back in the fall but other than that like i've not i've not done anything on long island that's kind of like yeah. i'm trying really really hard to do it because i is, have so many friends that are like yes i want to come but it, come. is that because of lack of like venues or is it just like really hard to get gigs in long island i have been sending e i've been it's just hard to just get anything yeah. booked okay i mean i've i've had trouble here with like booking solo shows and stuff and honestly i have to go in person introduce mm. myself and be like this is what i want to do and usually it's getting booked no mm. no questions asked yeah but that seems to be where i'm running into some issues but i'm trying to navigate in the best i can and i've been guided where i've been like oh talk to this one or oh talk to that one and i've been trying and i'm just like i run down to like the last minute and i'm like oh that's not yeah. ultimately what i like to do because i like to give people like some advance warning mm -hmm. but yeah. you know i mean i do also like putting on house shows and just having people come to the house just oh come to my house and yeah music for you and it's been great like i've i've had a lot of people turn up and show up and it's been it's been cool because that's what what is a house show vibe like for you is it a lot more chill with friends or what's that kind of vibe like yeah people just come bring you know we have like some like pick food or like I did um, when the first version of Whiskey Memory came out. So we did two different versions of that and two different versions of Get Out of My Town. But that was like my first song ever to come out. I was just like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm doing a house, I'm doing a party at my house. Come out, come hang out. People came, they brought some like, oh, congratulation gifts and yeah. like hung out. We barbecued and whatnot. And then I threw on a live stream and I just said, everybody come in to the den and we just like, I played the song for them. I played some other songs they haven't heard before. Mm. Um, I had my friend play for me, which was great. And we just kind of like jammed out for like 45 minutes to an hour and people really enjoyed it. And then like people hung out afterwards and like, mm. and then went home. Nice. So it was cool. So that way, like I was able to mingle and talk to people and all that. Nice. That's really cool. And yeah. that was, that was in Long Island. Yeah, that was on Long Island. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I say in, I should say on. Obviously. It's okay. There is a lot of confusion with that. Uh, I, I, I might get I might get pegged later on that from yeah. some friends. They'll be like, "You know what to say." I'm like, "Do I?" That's yeah. funny. Oh, but uh, it's it's kind of interesting that you're able to get shows in the city, but on Long Island, where you're from, it's like pulling teeth. Oh, I I can't make this up. It's wild, and people are like, "Wait." But what about like don't ask? Don't ask. And, uh, uh, you brought up uh, Lauren Davidson, uh, which we've had we had her on the podcast. Oh, two, three. It was like early on during the pandemic we had her on. Um, which that's really cool that you that's kind of connect. Like I'm starting to realize all the connective tissue of uh, everything of a lot of the people we've had on the podcast. That's kind of cool. Um, so 
being in Nashville, obviously you, you kind of start, you, when you make that decision, let, let, let's go here. When you make that decision to, okay, I'm ready to, I've been writing, I want to record and produce my music. Who are you listening to? In Like, how are you going through the process of deciding what kind of music you want to write? So I'm somebody who grew up with country music. <laughs> I mean, I, to be honest, I literally listen to everything and anything i think the biggest thing i kind of don't listen to as much or as frequent is rap um and that's not not to say like rap is an art and a talent of mm. itself i have some friends that are rappers that are incredible mm. here okay um it's just sometimes it's not my cup of tea it just depends i have to be in a specific mood to listen to that yeah. like I work out and usually working out to rap is that's tight yeah so, um, but predominantly, like for the most part, I just love country music. And that's something where I'm telling the, you're telling the truth. You're telling the story. Um, sometimes in some of the other songs, it's harder to depict and tell a story um, from what's being said or how you're trying to tell the story. Like mm -hmm. I know everybody that writes songs and this is not putting any nail into anybody saying you're not a songwriter everybody is a songwriter everybody has a story behind their songs um i feel like country it stands out a little bit more and um i grew up listening to trisha yearwood and tim mcgraw yeah. kenny chesney like that that that's like my childhood is just listening to all of them and and i love all that music so those are the stories that i want to tell now with the music that i have like mm -hmm. and even writing some days it's like oh let's come in and write a country song oh let's just come in and write whatever like i've written now that i've been writing a lot more with people i've written some pop songs i've written r&b mm -hmm. i actually am currently working with an artist who wants to break the boundary and do popra which is pop and opera and mixing it together wow. which is so unique and really cool and i like being on the ground floor of things that's something i'm really 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 proud of and um and something i want to do with some of my newer music that's going to come out moving forward um but the i have an album that's coming out called piece of me on mm. july 28th which will finally be revealing the cover Ju did i say you said july 28th yes july 28th i'm sorry something i was like july 28th yes i want to make sure i said that correctly yes um and cover will be revealed next week and all this fun stuff but um for me with this album it's all the parts and pieces of my life of my story who i am what yeah. i grew up listening to and it's genre is country but we'll be 100 honest i am trying to kind of break boundaries a little bit yeah. and i flex to do different things so um love's got a way of letting you down is more jazz direction mm -hmm. versus country but i call it jazz country because that's kind of what i want to do right now um and and it's cool because like we did four different versions of it one version is an acoustic version one version is the regular version then we did like a in the club version where it's like the, in, in the club, club version is the one that I found very interesting that it was just yeah yeah so. so we did it as like we're in a jazz club like I I you look at in the club and you're like oh like in it like it's gonna be like a breakdown yeah, yeah. thing and I'm like no not that type of club would I like to possibly potentially down the road but I want to do it based like from a jazz club where you're like passing off like all these different instruments like I went in and I tracked sax and I had my buddy from New York track trumpet and like it kind of crossed like imagine being in a jazz club and you're hearing this song and like everything is like you're hearing all these different things so it's it it was pretty cool to just kind of do something that's so off the cuff and different mm -hmm. um but there's that then i have like some songs that are just singer songwriter or just country or just like country pop like waiter or get out of my town mm -hmm. like some stuff is like rocky a little bit more mm -hmm. like which is gonna be like there's a song called black kettle which really gets into that and then it's like big like we added like the instrumentation for like almost a big band sound too which is really cool um and it just it, everything it just so bounces back and forth into like different genres that mm -hmm. like it really could be anything i wanted it to be but this is just something that like these are all the parts of me that i grew up listening to or things 
that I really like and we just channel different uh, inspirations from different artists and different songs that we listen to. We're just like, okay, we're going to do, you know, we're going to theme it in this way. Um, where I, you know, that's the kind of direction I wanted to go into. That's how I want to introduce myself as an artist mm. and have people hear me and be like, oh, she could do anything if she right. wanted to. So it really like leaves that door open for album two, where now we're talking and we're in the beginning stages of talking about album two and mm -hmm. we have songs that are in the down the pike and ready to go. And um I'm talking about going more in a nineties country directional like base, like but more mm -hmm. modern day, where we are inc incorporating more of these instruments. I'm incorporating saxophone more into um, a lot of these songs that seems to be the the trend or it was the trend for a while now that trend is coming back and that's mm -hmm. something I bring out to my writers rounds and I test out and people like I love this about you you need to yes. do that and I said well shoot I will keep doing it if people keep loving it so um and then I did a thesis in my uh, master's program on incorporating bass clarinet into country and bluegrass music and that's something I'm really really passionate about and know that it's it's possible of happening and we tested out different songs and tracked different things so that way it could be heard and you could hear the difference between an upright bass and a bass clarinet which the sounds are very similar it's just a matter of all the technique that goes mm -hmm. behind it it's completely different technique versus playing an upright bass upright bass you're just standing there slapping bass pretty easy yeah. Basically, I have to make sure I'm like constantly breathing, con doing slap, all this, all these different techniques that you have to like learn to be identical to an upright bass. But it's something I want to incorporate into the next chapter. And that's something I'm really, truly passionate about that. I was like, this is an idea. Why not be the first to do it? Yeah, right. For sure. So it's gotta, you got to watch out for those uh, traditional bluegrass uh in aficionados because they're not going to be happy that you're trying to bend their genre so that, that's one thing that i've learned uh i went to uh, so back uh before the pandemic we used to go to a bluegrass festival down in the keys every uh every january sure. and there was always these bands that would come in trying to bend the genre of bluegrass to like uh like incorporating like drums or you know different things and like mm -hmm. the traditionalists would come in and be like oh no this isn't bluegrass this is something else and it's like really really this is the game we're playing right now yeah i know that's probably something i'm gonna have to i'm going to at some point run into and i mean i tried water lightly on that but yeah. at the end of the day i actually ended up going was it the picking under the patio or whatever they do a um it's like a bluegrass night they do like once a month out at um close to highway 100 at like mm. versus Priest, I think something like mm -hmm. that and they get all these bluegrass musicians to come and like hang out so I went one time with my friend I was like well let's go she goes bring your bass clarinet you never know what's gonna happen so I did mm -hmm. and I ended up jamming with them and they were all looking at me like what yeah you could do that like that's cool like nice. they really impressed and they're like that's so unique they're like we want you to come back and try it nice. and just keep jamming with us and I was like cool okay so people dug it so it's not it's not impossible mm -hmm. but yeah if we get to the point where the traditionalists will be like no but like you have to but, open your eyes a little bit to like yeah. new things and change it's nothing like drastic the colors of the mm -hmm. wood are very similar too on both instruments yes it depends on where and where it's coming from and who's whatever and mm -hmm. manufacturer and all that but honestly it's doesn't hurt to try something new for sure 100 percent agree like, i sound like keith urban saying that like i saw an <laughs> interview where he was talking about things being modernized and he goes doesn't matter genres have no boundaries and i'm like you know what he's right genres is... don't have any boundaries like music can be whatever you make it to be because that's what yep. it's all about so it almost reminds me of cooking and i excuse me and i absolutely love to cook yeah um when i have free time <laughs> and my and the biggest thing and i was saying this to a friend the other day i was like it's almost like you're you're making something new it's a whole creative process you're making what you want to make you're making what you like to make and you're adding all the extra spices in and that's the things that are your touch and then voila it's something brand new something right. different 
Nice. You know? Like you can either <laughs> stick to the same recipe for the rest of your life, or you can make that recipe and upgrade it just yeah. a little extra and oh, be yeah. like, ooh, be the one that stands out. You know, yeah, you don't want to be sure. the one that's standing in the in the curtain. Yeah. Some people yeah. do. You yeah. hear a lot. Of, I, I love I love our male country artists, but some of the male country artists, and you're listening to some of these new artists, and it's it sounds very the same. Mm-hmm. It sounds like everything that's out, out there. So to our industry people in country music, like, do you want the same thing out there all the time, or do you want that extra sprinkle of something new? Because I know there's a lot of people in this industry that are working real hard and doing some really great stuff that are mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. 100%. It's and I ultimately think that's why I started live and amplified was because it, it started off I was living out in Roswell, New Mexico, and the whole intent was to showcase all these great musicians that were in a small town in southeast New Mexico that takes you four hours to get anywhere, you know, to the next big city or whatever. And then we started to grow and realized, oh, it's not just small towns, it's even in Nashville, it's in Austin, like all these major cities where there's all this great music, but nobody's getting a light shined on them. Like, right. or there it's such a small light that they're, you know, they're really not getting seen like they should be. And so hearing you talk about that just reaffirms like, yes, this is something that needs to happen. We need to keep reinforcing the innovators and the creators. And yeah. Absolutely. And if you're not, those people are going to go away mm-hmm. and then you're just going to have a hundred Morgan Wallens or a hundred mm-hmm. Blake Shelton's on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, do, you, do you want a yeah. hundred of them or do you want a multitude of different people? You right. Know? And I think the pandemic really hurt the music industry. Well, I, I mean, yes, it did. But like just all the the really innovative creatives that were like just barely making it they just packed it up after the pandemic or during the pandemic was like, all right, well, I guess my dream's over. I'm going to go get a nine to five and that'll be it for now. And some of them haven't come back. So. Yeah. And I've, I've heard a lot of different stories about that too. Some people it helped them be a little more creative and write things that we didn't even know Mm -hmm. probably could have existed if it wasn't for that. So they, the, the the I believe the pandemic was a blessing or, and a curse. It, mm-hmm. it it doesn't matter which way you look at it. Granted, yeah. it, it sucked being locked up for yeah. however many months we were locked up for. But you and I had to look at it when we got locked down. Do I capitalize on this or mm-hmm. do I go into a slump and never come out of it? And honestly, I was at a point in my life where I was just like, I need to capitalize on any chance I can get here. This is the first time where I'm not at the time. I really wasn't doing anything for work other than making care calls. Mm -hmm. And uh, we really didn't start teaching efficiently virtually until the fall. Yeah. So, um, and doing all these different workshops. So like, what can I do? So I capitalized on Mm -hmm. it. I capitalized. I wrote, I did everything that I needed to do. And, it was it was good for me. I went and worked out every day too, like you yeah. know, a couple couple miles in the school in front of my house here, and went hiking. Like, it, it was the first time I could ever say I had time for myself, mm-hmm. where I wasn't like going, 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 and never like then hit a brick wall and I get sick and then I have to stop everything yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, it was the first time I had nothing to do where I was like what can I do? And I did all the things that I love to do. And I got to cook every day and I got to, my house was like super clean and Mm. I went through the mail and I went running and I did, I did all these different things. I got to hike. I got to, you know, see my family when I could, you know, those only people I was really in contact with. Um, I talked to my friends just about every day, every other day you know like or at least like went through a rotation some some friends i went we sat on the porch and like and had a drink here or there yeah you know so worked on different like small projects around the house like i and did music so like i was able to capitalize on a lot of different things that i never really get to do and it actually made me realize how important it is to take care of myself because Mm -hmm. not everybody is taking care of themselves 
and this is true. I, Very true. I am guilty. I am guilty. That was like the first two years was all about work, 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 work. I literally could have had a bed at my job and slept <laughs> there. Almost did a couple of times. But I was like, I could sleep. I could wake up. I could do all these different things. I was like, I need to prioritize me. And that's after 2020, that's what I started doing. I prioritized myself. I put music first. I put me first, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm not somebody who normally puts myself first. I put no. everybody before me. I mean, I've digressed a little bit since then, but I do definitely take time for myself. Like I'll go, if I have to go to the store, I'll like go somewhere I really want to go or like take myself out on a date night. Like I love mm -hmm. doing stuff like that. Yeah. It's a, uh... That, that was definitely something that I took away during the pandemic was I needed to start sitting with myself and fig a figuring out even if I even liked who I was, you know, because you kind of get stuck in that rotation of just go, go, go chase after the dream, chase after the dream. And it's like, wait a minute, do I even like myself in this position? Do I even like who I'm becoming? And so that just made me really sit back and be like, okay, I need to chill out here. I need to ramp up over here and you know after i got out of lockdown because uh, for my job i was locked down to like november 2021 like we were working remote for like a year and a half wow and so it was uh it was an experience and of course uh, in 2021 uh we we went through some family medical issues my mom was uh passed away from cancer during uh the pandemic and so that kind of threw a, a monkey wrench into a lot of things but kind of going back to what you were saying about doing all these things that i've kind of neglected like the pan and the pandemic being a blessing and a curse it's like yes i couldn't get out to go to shows but it forced me to take the podcast on zoom because had I not moved everything to digital over zoom, a, we wouldn't be sitting here right now and B live and amplified probably wouldn't be in existence because there wasn't going to be anything we were going to be able to do. So, right. you know, uh, luckily we had made that transition and it just kind of blew up. It, it's really crazy how it just kind of happened. Yeah, man, it, it's nuts. I, I, it was so quick. Mm. We had, especially in March, mm -hmm. I was like prepping for an observation and everything else. And then woke up to tornado warnings and we had yeah. the tornadoes mm. here that yep. literally happened the week before we were locked yep. down. And I remember, I remember that that was bad. Yeah. I had a, my mom came in the morning after I picked her up. She was here for a couple of days went got my friend my friend stayed here a couple of days like because mm -hmm. his house was in all the wreckage mm -hmm. they were okay thank god but like mm -hmm. we went and helped out uh down at the donaldson christian academy yeah. which that place was white right. yeah oh my the, gosh that was 2020 was a terrible year for nash just in general because it's like yeah. i so the last time I was in Nashville was in 2020. I went January, 2020. And then like, cause so basically I was in Texas and we were going to go down to that bluegrass festival I was telling you about. And so I was like, well, I haven't been to Nashville in a while. Let's make a roundabout trip from Waco, Texas up to Nashville. And then we'll cut down to Florida. And so we get back from that trip. And then almost immediately after that, they're starting to talk about COVID and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh crap. Okay. And so like for like a month, because I work in the, I work for a news station. So we kind of had, we were getting like feeds from everywhere about that. Like, Oh, Hey, COVID could it be coming your, you know, all this stuff. And yeah. so for like a month prior, it was like, okay, so if this comes here, what do we do? You know, like what's going to happen. And then the thing in Nashville or the tornado in Nashville happens. And I'm like, dang okay and then we shut down from covid and i was like dang and then wasn't there also an explosion in nashville later on that year it yeah so not only did we have the tornadoes yeah. which happened yeah. i'd flown home for 24 hours yeah. came back because i had to be back for work yeah. literally said to my kids like the day before 
thinking we would be back the next day. Mm-hmm. Guys, take home your instruments just in case something happens. You yeah. never know what could happen, whatever, then you have it and you're set. Mm-hmm. And then literally that night went to Live Oak to see Walker Hayes and mm-hmm. whatnot and got a notification saying school's closed the rest of the week. We're going to go into spring break and we're going to monitor the situation. Mm-hmm. So I went into like my boss happened to be in there the next day yeah. and a couple other people because they were just kind of like cleaning up the classroom, whatever, because it was spring break. Yeah. And my boss was like, take what you need because I don't think we're coming back. And I was like, what? Uh... And so I took everything I needed. I had to end up going back for one more thing. And then like, they actually like locked our buildings until May or June, until oh, wow. the end of May. Yeah. We had to do like textbook returns and whatever else. And we did a drive-by graduation, which was yeah. like the oddest thing I think I could actually say in my book. Right. Um, so yeah, so the summer happened, we're teaching virtually. I had gone home for Christmas because Thanksgiving, my parents ended up getting COVID that, that Thanksgiving. So we didn't go home for Thanksgiving. I think that's Mm -hmm. the first year I did not go home in a long time for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And went home for Christmas, turn on the TV, and they're like, oh, there's a bombing. And I was like, or it was like a year later or something like that. Yeah, it was in 2021. Went home that Christmas. I had a friend here um, staying with me for a bit Mm -hmm. and literally was like, turn on the TV. I'm like, what what is going on? (laughs) And like, it was just absolutely wild and they're still doing the construction on all that now like they're still working on it like some the, of the buildings have opened up again mm-hmm. but not everything on second has opened are they still doing construction from the tornado as well or is that all pretty much kind of cleared up i think the tornado stuff is pretty much cleared up i think that was cleared up for a while before okay. like you could definitely see the transition from when the tornadoes happened because i used to like drive up to hermitage all the time mm-hmm. from because it did rip right through Hermitage too. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw the transition of everything. Now I think it's in a good spot where everything is good. But you totally can tell where everything had happened still with like the yeah. trees down and stuff like that. But and I think the I haven't been over to the Donaldson Christian Academy in a hot minute, but I think mm-hmm. that area looks pretty good too. It was just the whole thing was wild. But the the, the bombing was insane like i had my i texted my friend i was like what happened she goes i have literally no service anywhere because it blew out all of at&t yeah that's wild i was like it was nuts it was nuts Uh, to watch on tv and they're like did you know this i was like nobody knew this was gonna happen i was like this is and i had friends like are you okay i said i'm on long island but i'm fine they're like oh my gosh so that's not too far from where i am either so yeah, as I just remember, like you said, seeing it on TV, and I'm like, what the heck is going on in Nashville right now? Like, this is, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad, glad everything is cooled down. 2022 and 2023 has, knock on wood, you know, been good for Nashville. Um, but look, so you're fully into your, um, making music writing music you're in the full release stage of this upcoming album the end of the month um is there any more singles coming out or was waiter kind of like the last one waiter was actually the last one believe it or not gotcha so i had recorded this album with a different engineer and we had to go back in and we went and kind of like cleaned up some stuff redid some things here and there not to say our past engineer he, he did a great job and actually one of the tracks had to love's got away letting you down the original mm-hmm. version is the one that actually is the only one we did not touch but um because that was solid the way it was yeah. but super thankful for what we did with him but it helped to elevate and produce and mm-hmm. have what we have now which is great nice what's kind of running through your mind as you approach the final couple of weeks of the release for the upcoming album just making sure everything gets out right. on time. That's really it. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. You, you got everything. Okay. You got everything submitted to Spotify and all that stuff already, because I know they're very. Yeah, very that 
that was done a while ago. I okay. think the only thing we ended up doing a little edit change on the cover of mm -hmm. the album cover, but that's about from the promo to now. So that's really it. But honestly, everything's up and ready to go. I'm just like some of these streaming platforms, it's really hard to navigate. So mm -hmm. it's like making sure everything gets out right and gets out yeah. to the right people. But with enough time, everything launches pretty well. If you're yeah. launching like, in a hurry, then it's, that, that's like, oh, yeah. it trickles out and then it's like terrific <laughs> yeah it, that, that's that been the one of the constants that i've seen with a lot of musicians that i've talked to is like they have this idea for the album and then they try and get it out as quickly as they can and they have like the hard copies ready but then spotify is like oh yeah we'll release it on this day and then it doesn't release for like another week or two weeks and then itunes it's out already you know just like all these weird things happen and it's really hard to kind of get everything squared away yeah even coming up with the plan was a whole thing i had like three different dates and we just kept pushing things back pushing things back because mm. i also wanted to make sure that i had my full attention to this release as well because yeah. i want to make sure the rollout was right i was fully aware and not having like other people do it for me you know, mm. like I, ha I have a small team around me that works yeah. really hard and they're amazing at what they do. But I've also said to this team, I'm like, I want to be hands on on everything, too. Like, I yeah. don't want to be left in the dark because I want to learn. And I'm, yeah. an I'm somebody who now, as I'm getting older, loves to learn and educate myself on the things that I don't know so I can mm. get better at them. And yeah. I will say TikTok is one of the few things that. I still can't manage and I still don't get, but we're getting there. For sure. Um, TikTok but... is one of the most annoying social media platforms, but it's almost a necessity it at is. this point. So sadly, that's what it's come down to, but like it's literally the I'm sorry, I'm also eating breakfast at the same time. It is literally the stupidest things that that peak. Yeah, you literally it's, have to do something extremely stupid for it to peak. Oh yeah, I, I, it's so funny because, uh, so I had a t earlier this year I had a TikTok account that was, I'm not going to say established, but I had been posting on it consistently for a couple of years, and I told one day I was just like I started noticing like story times were doing really well on TikTok, and I was like, you know what, I've got some cool stories. I'll just start doing like little short like 60 second two minute story times and posting them right and i did a couple and it would get maybe a thousand two thousand views like pretty decent numbers for me right and right. then i told this one story about when i was living out in new mexico we had this idea of doing a documentary following a punk band on the tour of the southwest wow. so like basically they would they met us in Roswell, New Mexico, and we followed them for a few shows in New Mexico. Then they had a show on the or the Navajo Indian Reservation up in northern Arizona. And then we were gonna finish in uh in originally it was gonna be in Vegas, and then we were talking about finishing it in LA because they had a thing lined up there, but as I'll explain here in a second, it all kind of went to hell in a handbasket. Um <laughs> So, oh, no. so, uh, we get up to the, out to the Indian reservation in Northern Arizona. And there was a situation that happened where one of the concert attendees started getting fresh with our drummer and the boyfriend didn't like that. So oh. there was a whole situation there and we essentially got chased out of town. And I started telling this story and i got attacked like i i was because i like i've told the story several different times and nobody said anything nobody cared but because i put it up on tiktok and i said this story the entire t of northern arizona decided it wanted to watch me tell this story and they just were like nope that's what you get you deserved it you know just like all these things that it started bleeding into other things like my professional life outside of music out of side of live and amplified and stuff and i'm like all right i gotta delete this tiktok because this is starting to have other repercussions you know right. 
So, yeah. That's nuts. I'm sure that probably trended everywhere. Oh, we had the first 24 hours, we had 30,000 views. And then we were at, I had left it up for like five or six days. We were averaging 10,000 views a day after that. No way. Yeah. Like it was crazy. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, this, like, and I'm, I'm one of those guys where I 100% believe nobody can cancel you but yourself. But this was one of those situations where it's like, okay, it's starting to leak over into my professional life. I, I need to pump the brakes on this. So. Yeah. Wow. That's seeing and and T talk. People yeah. love T talk. I don't yeah. know what it is. It's like <laughs> people are thirsty for other people's like drama. Yeah. Drama. I, I will say I've seen some pretty good stuff on there, and I'm just like, ah. that's funny. I was trying to figure out what your shirt said, and then when you kind of oh. lifted up there, I was like, spread love. It's the Nashville way. I nice. love Project Six One Five. I have quite a few of their shirts. They're like great company here awesome i've actually never heard of it so i just saw that i was like spread love it and it, all i saw was spread love and i was like okay i'm kind of curious what the rest of that shirt says but so but um but yeah so you've been in nashville now six years you got the project coming out here in was it three weeks four weeks math is yeah, not my strong friday oh my gosh it's so crazy. It's, it's gotta be exciting um once you kind of get this album out, what's the plan for the rest of the for the rest of the summer? Uh, so the rest of the summer. So I'm hoping to do some more shows in August, um, September, if I can get everything set to go. Uh, <laughs> guess I'm gonna leak this a little early. I would love to do a couple of shows on Long Island and call mm -hmm. it the Base of Me tour. Mm -hmm. um, I have a couple of friends that are do writers rounds and stuff that already are we've already talked about possibly getting booked so i'll get to do some shows up in like the north for mm -hmm. a little bit while i'm i'm on long island for a month because i'll be i'll be there for some other things that are going yeah. on um i'll come back in october i play the bluebird again october 15th yes. um i have <laughs> potentially a music video in the works which will be my Sweet. first Nice. So that will come out. Some of the other like bonus tracks that haven't been heard that have been like exclusive that I've been giving or sending to some fans um, will probably be released towards the end of the year. I have talked about doing a Christmas song. If that happens, it has to happen now. No. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if it will. So maybe. Um, and starting to record for project two and hopefully in 2024, I'll be doing a lot more like full band touring. I'm like mm. building a band right now, um, of people that I really like and trust. And hopefully that will be the goal for 2024 and releasing, um, I need a new fix and yeah. starting to get into the, the push for the next album. For sure. For sure. Keep me in the loop on that Christmas song. Cause every I always set this up so late in the season because every December I get this idea of, oh, hey, we should do a series of podcasts where we only talk about uh, musicians that are releasing Christmas music. And it's always like November 20th when I get this idea and I want to set it up. <laughs> and it's like, oh, dang it. Okay. And then so it always fails. But I'm really trying this year to start probably about September, maybe October. And because at that point, if they don't have Christmas music in the works, it's not coming out. So yeah, it, that seems to be the case. And I know it's been something we've been talking about. I know I wanted to do something mm. along the lines of a Christmas EP or at least a Christmas song because I know mm. like around that time of year, it's kind of cool to do one. Yeah. Um, I've had some stuff pitched. I've had um, I might pick one up. Um, We'll see. I I wrote one. I would like to write some more. Um, but I definitely love some of the songs that are like, you know, your original yeah. classic mm -hmm. traditional Christmas songs. So I might just do a cover and just put it out. I'm not sure. I'm just kind of looking and just mm -hmm. kind of thinking about it. But yeah, for sure. I, I think it's something that could be a real quick turnaround, but I do need to make some decisions quick and you know, it all comes down to money. <laughs> right. So, hundred percent agreed. Um, 
but yeah, it's been an absolute blast talking to you. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I didn't realize how long we've been going already because we just kind of jumped right into it. But since you were eating breakfast, what were you eating this morning for breakfast? I had avocado toast for breakfast. That's actually like one of my favorite things to make at home. It's easy and it's quick. So Okay, fair enough. I was sitting there, I was like trying to get an eye on what you were eating because it's like I haven't quite eaten breakfast myself either. So it's just like, no, it's 100% fine. Like I'm trying this new thing where I don't eat until afternoon, where it's just, you know, just because my dad was telling me, that he did like the intermittent fasting thing and he lost all this weight. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not like overweight, but I'm not like a healthy weight either. So maybe I need to just kind of try that. Cause I, I'll eat them from the moment. Normally I'll eat from like the moment I get up until I go to bed and that can't be good for you. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just something quick that I can like <laughs> mash up and make pretty quick, but normally I usually have cereal, but I'm, I'm, run my refrigerator dry it sounds like a normal musician because i i'm actually like going back out on the uh i'm traveling again in a couple Mm -hmm. of days so i'm like i don't want to buy something that's new and then it goes bad while i'm away so i figure i'll just wait till i get back to get what i need so i'm just fending for whatever is left in my refrigerator for right now. 100 (laughs) agreed agreed Uh, so we were supposed to do this podcast was that last was it last week or was it two weeks ago at this point yeah I think it was supposed to be last weekend, but yeah, because you had a show in North Carolina, right? I did. That was the first time I was in in Raleigh, which was amazing, and I cannot wait to go back. I we made some new fans and nice. friends, and it was awesome. Had a blast. Nice. That's really cool. I'm glad. I'm glad that you kind of reached out to me because that night I was just kind of like, I'm going to do the podcast because I said I would, but. Nah, it just, our bus call ended up being, or like travel call was three o'clock. And I was like, dang, I was like, I I said to Tom, I was going to do the podcast. And I was like, ah, I was like, oh no. So I felt really bad, but I appreciate you accommodating me here. Mm -hmm. Like what a perfect time to do this. It's 4th of July weekend. I'm like, surprisingly, like all my plans changed today anyway, because of the weather. They're talking about bad weather again today, which is- yeah. Very typical for Nashville. So mm-hmm. yeah, my dad's actually up in uh uh he's out in western Kentucky right now. So he has a he lives down in South Florida most of the time. Um and uh this year he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna take my boat and go up the rivers in summer in Kentucky. And I'm like, Okay, cool. And we've been talking for like the last six weeks about when I'm gonna come out there and hang out. And every time I say, Hey, I got time this weekend to come out, oh, I'm gonna be working. It's like <laughs> all right, well, you can't hold this over my head that I didn't try and come visit because every time I give you a date, you're working. So, yeah, but, you know. Um, So it's been an absolute blast chatting with you. Really appreciate it. If anybody wants to check out your music, uh, any upcoming shows, just interact with you on social, any of that fun stuff, where's the best place to find you? So you can find me at Sam Ferrara, F-E-R-R-A-R-A Music. Um, I will hopefully in the next week or so be launching my website so stick around for that i'm like in the final stages of getting everything together it's been a very very long process to get it all together but that will be my dates will be there everything will be there um all but most for the most part i usually do post everything on the social so if you but someone told me they googled my name and they found everything they needed to know so if you google my name you'll find me for sure for sure (laughs) and that as we kind of wrap this up there's two things that we do at the end of every podcast okay first off we're going to do that's so random and i have a random question generator and i just ask you one random question just for shits and giggles oh my gosh i'm so ready for this what would you rather have unlimited sushi or unlimited tacos That's so hard. Those are the two things I eat the most. I would rather, oh, well, okay. I will say now I would definitely have unlimited sushi. I love sushi very, very much. I'm sorry to tacos because I love tacos too, but I probably would get very sick of tacos. Okay, but there is a story behind this. Once upon a time, I actually did have unlimited sushi when I went on a cruise as a child. (laughs) And poor me got sick in the kids club 
because I stuffed it all so much and said, okay, I'm going to run by and like yeah. get up in a cabin for three days when we, one or two days when we were in Alaska. It was horrible. I zero out of 10 do not recommend you eating unlimited sushi on a cruise ship, but yes. it also stopped me from eating sushi for about 10 years. And yeah. then I started eating it again and I still love it. So unlimited sushi forever, just not on a cruise ship. And <laughs> Financially, unlimited sushi just makes a little bit more sense because isn't sushi a lot more expensive than tacos? Probably. It just I, depends on what type of sushi you're getting. This is true. I'm very specific to what I eat for Fair. sushi. Like, I like trying new rolls out, but there's stuff that I'm like, mm, like the fancier rolls, I'll binge every now and then, but I like my spicy salmon, my spicy tuna, mm. like those are amazing i love those and then you got like the the whatever the the, the spicy mayo i loved it yeah nice <laughs> gotcha gotcha and then the other thing that we do at the end of every podcast is we like to pass on knowledge to the younger musicians out there so what's one piece of advice you've learned through your time at nashville or in nashville not at nashville in nashville that you'd like to pass on to the younger generation of musicians Net go out to shows and network. That's the biggest thing. If I didn't do that, I would not have met the people that I've met. I wouldn't be writing with the people that I'm writing with. Just do not be afraid to go out and network. I see a lot of people on groups saying, oh, I'm coming into town. Where can I like play? Or like, who do I need to contact? Just go out to a show. Just, just if you just got here and you wanna make friends, come out to a show see where everybody's playing there it's posted everywhere introduce yourself to the person that runs the round make your face known mm. for a bit and then they'll start booking you i know mm. many bookers that are like i will not book somebody if they are not showing up and it mm -hmm. is true it is so true and i'm guilty because there are some rounds that i normally don't go to as often mm -hmm. or whatnot because scheduling things mm -hmm. And I hate that because, like, I do like to go out and support my friends and support mm -hmm. the people that have also supported me. Um, but that is my biggest thing. Go out and network because it's the only way you're getting your face out there right now. And if you sit behind a computer screen, emailing, all this different stuff, people are just going to look at your email and say, okay, whatever. Next. Go yeah. out and network yourself. That's yeah. how you have 100% agreed. Couldn't agree more. But once again, thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute blast uh anytime you want to come back on feel free to reach out and we'll, we'll stay in contact about that christmas song because i'm not going to oh, wait definitely. until november 20th to try and set that up so absolutely uh, tom thanks for having me i'll come yeah. back anytime this was awesome <laughs> awesome but once again thank you everybody for tuning in uh if you want to support anything live and amplified live and amplified.net is our website that's where you can find anything and everything that we do just to keep it short and sweet but once again, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast, and we will catch you all later.